This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Check out their spring collection. Go to LinkSoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away, back, gone. Go hey, It's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, don't break up a good thing while it's going great, and that's what we've been doing with this show. Cody Elias, Donnie Dosco, Ray Jensen. The ball club hasn't lost a game since we've been doing this show down here on the field. The team's now 2-0, looking to make it 3-0 after what was an absolutely incredible comeback win last night for the A's in front of a crowd that the, the fans real or the players really fed off of. And it was a it was an awesome night last night at the Coliseum for sure with a late dramatic win for the A's and what can you say? Seven in a row, no longer the worst record in baseball. Yeah, and to me, Ray, like I just like the fact that it's not like they're winning games ten to four every night. I mean, they're winning close games, you're right? You have a, you have a couple two one wins in there. You have a four three win. You have a, a, a five two win. I mean, these are tight games, and I think that's a sign of a pretty good ball club when you can win those those close ones with pitching and defense and doing the little things to win this game. Yeah, it's it's nice to win games. That it's always good when it's not really a challenge. You win in blowouts, but it's always good. I think further down the line to win these close ones because when that situation comes up again and it's going to, you're more prepared for it. You're ready to shine in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well. You know, after consecutive one-run victories, the A's are now 501-run games. So that's a good stat to have. And there was another one I don't know if I caught. But yeah, more than half of the victories this year, 10 of 19, have our last at-bat wins. Only the Braves, Marlins, and Reds have more at last bat victories yeah. than the A's do. Only yeah. three other teams. I saw that that note, too. And, yeah, I mean, look, 11 and 11 in one-run games. The Rays are 12 and 12 in one-run games. I think that's just a really good sign. And, look, this team was 12 and 50, right? 12 and 50. Uh, and they won seven in a row and a chance to get their to their 20th victory uh, uh, today. And, and uh, you know, look, if you, if you win this game, and this is a really good pitching matchup. You know, Glasnow's pitched really well since coming back from the oblique injury. Uh, he is uh, he he's really really good. So it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. But on the on the A side, you're looking at the young right-hander Luis Medina. I know you, Ray, you love his stuff, uh, and. Uh, He's had he's shown flashes of brilliance, uh, so I, I'm looking forward to seeing what what Medina can do because he he loves 
the spotlight. He likes the bright lights. Like he, he feels he will be a guy that can dominate in this league. Yeah, I, I like Medina's stuff. I know last time out we had Sam Mall to open the game in Milwaukee and the Medina followed. So I'm, I'm happy that they have the faith in Medina to start with them and see what he's got. Because when he's locked in, it's really incredible stuff that he has at that arm. Yeah, I think what's been impressive, too, is, is the fact that, you know, you look throughout his minor league career and he really had trouble throwing strikes. And that was the whole rap on him when he was coming through the Yankee system. Even with the A's, you know, you look through the minor leagues and he had, you know, he was walking five per nine innings. He got up there to six per nine innings at times. And just the fact that he's had an outing where he hasn't walked anybody and he's had some, like, yeah, he's had some, some issues with it, but it seems like a lot of that's been tightened up. For sure, and I think it's just a growing trend of these young pitchers just improving of each outing, and I know we'll play some sound later, hopefully, from Hogan Harris last night, who we can't talk about last night's victory without talking about the starter and Hogan Harris completely yeah. shutting it down. And Funijinami, as the opener, did great as well. Yeah, Hogan Harris, as we talked about yesterday, does not have a lot of innings in minors or Major League Baseball. It's not up to 181 and two-thirds. But seven innings of one-run ball last night against the best team in Major League Baseball. No walks after the disastrous first outing. He has been unbelievable. I broke it down. Uh, where's it at here? Hogan is now 2-0 with a 4-8-4 ERA in the season. But since his debut, he's 2-0 with a 2-4-5 ERA, 14 strikeouts and only four walks in 22 innings. He's been unbelievable. And what he did last night, shutting down the Rays, was just what the A's needed to pick up their seventh win in a row. Yeah, and he's keeping it really simple, right? They say, what's the difference? Well, the difference is I'm throwing strikes. And he's confident with the, with his pitches. And I, I just, look, you're right. This this lineup over there is no joke. It is a really, really good lineup. And to do what he, to navigate through that lineup, uh, what he did was really impressive. And he's not surprised. You know, again, he has that kind of laid-back demeanor out of the University of Louisiana Lafayette. And he's not surprised with what he's doing. Uh, but uh, it's, it's been it's been really fun to watch. Yeah, the confidence is growing throughout this club. And it's, it's wonderful to see. And, again, last night that energy from the crowd behind them I think was a huge motivating factor. And let's see if they can ride the good times. Continuing maybe eight games, gentlemen. Wow. Yeah. We've longest it's since 2021 great. as the Rays are looking to avoid losing three games in a row for the first time this year. Yeah. Last time Hogan Harris won seven innings was? In college. I think it was Correct. junior year at ULL, right? Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. Yep. That, that stat was fine by, the, by our intern Marcus yesterday on the, uh, job, the broadcast. You let Ken and you know on the Let's broadcast. Go. Marcus has so much stuff. He ha- he's able to, he's, he's amazing, able to get in so much of these these intricate uh, details on stuff. So he, I got to hand it to him. He's, he's great. Yeah, they've him and Renee, our interns, have done a great yeah. job. And he found that. So I heard it on the radio last night. I told him, I said, I didn't fact check it, so I'm going to believe you. <laughs> I'm going to believe it seven innings because, you know, I'm the research leader on this crew. So I left it up to the disciples to figure it out, and they did a nice job figuring that out for us. But Today, on today's show, we're going to have Martin Gallegos here in about, oh, what time is it, uh, for about 10 minutes, okay. talking about ghosts in Milwaukee. You were there. I can't wait to hear about, about all this and just the, the hot streak from the team and the road trip and how, how well the team's playing at home. We're going to have Kevin Smith after BP, or after he's done hitting for BP, sometime around like 4.30-ish. Uh, Chris Crone, the assistant hitting coach of the Athletics, around 4.45 after BP. And Vince Catronio, who, TV star Vince yeah. Catronio now, I mean. Yep. Can't say radio guy. He's TV guy. You're radio guy now. Then you're going to flip. You're going to be TV guy this weekend. Vince yeah. is going to be radio guy. Yeah. It just goes back and forth, but I'm happy for both of you. So that's our lineup. We're going to have Martine in about 10 minutes, Kevin Smith, Chris Crone, and Vince Catronio. So big big series. Still got two games left against the best team in baseball, but I, I, I love what, what we're seeing so far. And the confidence, as Ray mentioned, is really growing. It I, is. You can totally see it. And it just we, we talk about uh, it being contagious. I know that's a cliche in baseball, right, right with the hitting, but I think good pitching – 
can be contagious too as far as the guys being competitive with each other in a good way and I've seen that a lot with a lot of teams the starting pitchers get really competitive with each other in a good way and that they can just feed off each other's success it know? certainly is a domino effect one thing leads to another good defense can lead to good pitching good pitching can lead to good hitting and then it all results in a great win so I think it's the kind of formula we've been seeing from this team and it's these Rays are still the Rays, and they're still one of the best, if not the best, team in baseball. So they can't rest on their laurels right now. I don't know if anybody expected seven straight, but I will say this. Even before that streak got going, I'm Jace Peterson and I were talking. He said this team is going to get going, and, and there were several guys that were saying that. And of course, you got to stay positive when you're in, right. a, in a funk. You know, the A's had that 11-game losing streak between May 17th and May 28th. But, you know, look. They have not, they have continued to work. And I know that sounds cliche, trust the process, right? But they really have, and it has paid off. It has. I mean, we're seeing seven in a row. We can now, again, I've mentioned this, two, this will be the third day in a row, and I've mentioned this. We're moving faster and faster past that historic start nonsense stuff about how bad the Cleveland Spiders and all that. And we're now talking about, hey, they're, we're now in the mid-40s on, on projections on pace. I think it's 45 now. Uh, the Royals now have the worst record in baseball, so we're past the having the worst. I mean, there's a lot of positives coming from all of this. And like I said, we're on pace for 45 wins. They, we've outscored, the A's have outscored their opponents 41 to 20 since during the seven-game yeah. winning streak. Yeah. So keep, keep it going. The bats are going. We're seeing some guys come alive at the plate, which has been great to see. Last night it was Carlos Perez just putting the ball in play. That got around me. Just put the ball in play, and you'll get and good things happen, and that's what we saw last night. And, Ray, he's a guy, Carlos Perez, that, uh, I mean – He's going to make contact. You know, he has a good idea up there in the zone. He's hit the ball well this year. It's hard to keep your average at 300 when you're not playing a lot. It's hard to get that good offensive rhythm when you're playing every three or four days. But what he's done coming off the bench to make contact like that and bring home the the, the go-ahead run was huge. Yeah, and he has a great story where he wasn't projected to be on this team until right. Manny Pena had the wrist issue. Right. And he was going to play in the Mexican League until the A's gave him a call and he was more than ready for the challenge. Right. He's been fantastic. Yeah, him and Langoliers. I don't think we talk enough about what the A's catchers have done this year. And speaking of A's catchers, I know this is uh, this is this warms this guy's heart. That Langoliers has thrown out 19 would-be base stealers, the most in in the major league. By, by like what? The next closest has 14, yes. I think. Yeah. And and Shea's been great behind the plate when yeah. it comes to throwing runners out. You know, hopefully we can see the bat get going more because we know what his upside is. He was a first-round draft pick out of Baylor by the Braves, so we know that the potential's there. And he's helping the pitching staff. And the pitching staff has gotten better. The team ERA has gone down. The starters ERA has gone down. The bullpen ERA has gone down. Now the walks are still there. I mean, Trevor may walk too, but still. that We're seeing improvement every single game, and that's all you can ask for. The defense has gotten better. Uh, they're putting the ball in play more. So, I mean, the team, yeah, they might have 19 wins, but you can't tell these last seven games. They look like a team that's, and you know, we're trying to win the AL, AL West right now. And how is it with the Rays? I mean, the Rays come over here having outscored the A's 31-5. to They're like, we remember this team. And now they're seeing this team. We don't remember this team. You know, like this is a, to win the first two games of this series, you're guaranteed to split but not be satisfied. They're trying to win this game and win the series against the Rays, the best team with the best record. And uh, you look at what the Rays have done with their offense and their defense and their pitching, their bullpen. Uh, it's an impressive team. So I, I really like what the A's have done. And, hey, listen, I know you're going to laugh at me when I say this. I know you're going to laugh, and I, I know I'm the eternal optimist. And 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 Chris, if you're watching right now, Town, if you're watching, you're going to roll your eyes or whatever. But people are saying, have them say in Hawaii because of how well the team's playing. Right. He's been gone. Uh, the A's are just throwing that out there. The A's are 20 back in the wild card. Okay, go ahead. I w if you were going to bring that up, I was going to. <laughs> yeah. the, yep. the, the other thing was with how well Hogan Harris pitched last night, and I, I text um, uh, the great Vito DeBartolo out of our marketing department in Townley. We were all texting last night. Mm. I said we also start growing Hogan Harris mustaches. 
But you, but you said, what did you say before the show? I said, don't why, change anything. Why change anything right now? Do, do everything that we're doing right now. Don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to grow a mustache. You don't grow a mustache. Keep your beautiful beard. Just don't mess with anything. Vito has a great mustache, though. He's, he started growing it before we brought this up. So Great might be a stretch, but it's a good yeah, one. It's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. coming along, yeah, as, it as they yep. say. It's, yep. it's developing. Right. It's developing like like the like what's going on right now in front it's, of us. It's so evolving, last. right. Yeah. 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 And, and the, the, the stat that I love about the seven-game winning streak is... I about his mustache. No, I think we'll move past that for now. The A's leapfrog there was, which we talked about, but the A's had a 194 winning percentage prior to this win streak. I mentioned this yesterday. No team in Major League Baseball history has ever won eight in a row that entered a span with a sub 200 winning percentage. It sounds like a Sarah Lang. It is at at least 25. And one of them is the one of them is the uh, Louisville uh, Colonels, and I forget the other team that it was. But it's just unbelievable. You have to go back to the 1800s to see what the team is now doing in a positive light. Yes. Because before it was all about the 1899 Cleveland Spiders. Yeah. But we're kind of moving past that, which is great. I love it, and uh, try to get your 20th win. Today, before the day game tomorrow, and you know, I know that we, we always hear that it seems like they are not looking ahead or behind. It seems like they are taking it day by day, and I know that's the biggest cliche in baseball. I think <laughs> one day at a time, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it seems that they are. Yeah, I really think so. They're they're not taking any game lightly. Yeah. They're seeing the challenge in front of them, and they have a big challenge tonight in Tyler Glass. Now I know he started the season hurt. He had an oblique issue, started spring training, but. In his first three starts, batters, opposing batters are hitting just sub-200 against him. I think like 167 yeah. to be exact. And he struck out at least 20 of the he 64. struck out 20 of the 64. That's, yeah. that's impressive. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and hitters aren't hitting well against his fastball and slider. Both, I think it's 167 as well. They're not picking up the deception on his four-seam and a slider. But speaking of deceptive and everything else, I mean, ghosts in Milwaukee. I mean, is that, has that sparked the A's winning streak? We'll find out next as Martin Gallegos of MLB.com joins us right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. A's Cast Live continues from Ricky Henderson Field. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, Johnny D actually here with Martin Gallegos from MLB.com. And, and it's, uh, oh, it's great to see you, as always. It's great to see you, Johnny. Yeah, I love to see you. And they're one of my favorite people. And, wow, seven straight. You know, we talked about the team was 12 and 50, and they have just been on this roll since the second game in uh, – in Pittsburgh, and have not lost since that 5-4 loss uh, at PNC Park. Uh, your impressions of this this incredible run they've been on? Yeah, you know, I think it's something that uh, they've been building towards. You know, as the season has gone along, obviously the, the losses were piling up. They were in there working hard every day, and they were, they were putting in the work. You could see that they were working hard every day. So um, I think now the only difference, they're still putting in the same work. It's just the winds are starting to come, and they're starting to feel a little bit more confident. And, who, does, who doesn't gain confidence when you're beating teams like the Rays, the Brewers, Pirates? These are all playoff contending teams, so definitely a good stretch for them. It is. And, uh, you know, watch what Hogan Harris did yesterday in front of that big crowd. Um, and the seven innings, and he hadn't, he hadn't gone seven innings since college. Um, but he said, you know, he wanted, an, after that first down, he wanted another shot. He wanted, he said, Lo, I know I'm better than what I showed. And he went down, worked on some things in AAA. What were your impressions of, of Hogan Harris since he's been back? Yeah, I think just a completely different 
different pitcher, more confident. I think it's kind of emblematic of this A's team. You know, they start off, you know, a rough start, come back, and showing resilience, showing the, they can pitch in this league. Um, for Hogan Harris specifically, um, he's thrown a lot more strikes. You saw that first outing, the first big league debut. I mean, it went, it went about as bad as it could go. He walked six guys, only got one out. Uh, went back down to the minors. He told us, you know, admittedly that he wasn't really feeling that great that first time he came up. You know, he went down there, worked on some things, came back up, and every every outing since, I think he's given up, you know, no runs, two runs, three runs, last last outing, one run. So um, consistently he's going out there throwing strikes, mixing all of his pitches, and he just looks confident. I think he said it yesterday, you know, I've learned that, you know, it doesn't matter. Just throw the ball over the plate. The worst thing they could do is hit it, right? But it's, it's better than throwing balls and walking guys. That's kind of his mentality, just attack the zone with strikes. And he threw a bunch of strikes yesterday. And to go out there and throw seven innings against a really good hitting Rays team like that, that's pretty impressive. It is. Well, we always say a manager gets better sleeps when he has a good bullpen. And it seems to me over the last couple of weeks, you're only as good as your bullpen, right? I mean, you can have all the starting pitching you want, but if you don't have a bullpen to hold the leads or, uh, you know, or – put up zeros while the team tries to come back uh it's really tough to win can you kind of talk about the bullpen a little bit yeah i think um you know over the past you know definitely during this win streak but even before that uh you know the past couple weeks guys have started to pitch a little bit more high leverage situations obviously early on in the season you know with so much losing going on there wasn't really a chance for them to really come in to high pressure situations now they've kind of experienced that Especially on this road trip, I mean, we saw so many guys, whether it was Lovelady, Sam Long, Lucas Erceg, um, you know, these guys are, are all pitchers who, you know, have been in the big leagues, have had a taste of it. Uh, Erceg obviously through his first year, but the other two guys have had a little bit of taste, but now they're kind of getting thrown into the fire a little bit, into tough situations, and, and you know, that's the, that's the only way they're going to, they're gonna you know, improve in the big leagues is, is facing those types of uh, situations. They've come in, you know, we saw Sam Long close a couple of games, uh, Lucas Erceg pitched some big innings in Milwaukee. Um, it's all, all kind of coming along, and Trevor May at the back end there, obviously he's kind of the leader there. He was out for a while with his, you know, anxiety issues that he was dealing with. You know, luckily he's back now and, and, and around the guys, and I think, you know, his presence in the clubhouse is just as important as him on the mound because he kind of is a guy who's been through it all. He's you know, pitched for a long time, different teams, so he's kind of been through it all. He's got all these experiences, and he's got a lot of knowledge to dish out to these young guys who are trying to establish themselves at the major league level. Hey, circling back to Urseg and the opportunity to pitch – against the Brewers in the same place that he signed his first professional contract. It was above the above this uh, of the bleacher area, and he went. He looked back. I, I saw him outside. I saw him kind of reflecting, and I said, what's going on? He said, this is where I signed my first deal, right in that. Yeah. He goes, I know everybody in that clubhouse. He said, this is wild. And it was just for him to come back in the place where it all started for him. And he thought, of course, when he signed that deal, he thought he was going to pitch yeah. at, you know, American Family Field, you know, and uh, – uh, he was uh, he was really he was really touched by it. Yeah, I mean it was all you know kind of full circle. It was it's crazy because you know he obviously came up with the Brewers, got traded to the A's. He grew up in San Jose, so he was a big A's fan. And when he came here to Oakland, that was a full circle moment. Now he goes to the Milwaukee, and obviously it also fell into you know the anniversary, his third year anniversary of being sober. Yes. So it was kind of all a bunch of emotions for him at one moment. And uh, he, it didn't affect him on the mound. I mean, he went out there and then turned in two great outings. I think both are multi-inning shutout performances and pretty close games against a really good Brewers team. So he's one of those guys, many guys on this team, who are getting an opportunity, and they're taking advantage of it. They're establishing themselves as, as big league pieces. There are certainly a lot of great stories on this club, and I mentioned Carlos Perez earlier, uh, the fact that that is the guy 
you want up in that situation. Uh, a guy that, that you know he's going to make contact. Yeah. He's he's a veteran guy. He's not going to be phased by the moment. And I I, was, I, was, I don't know. I felt a lot of confidence in him when he was up in that situation, right around third one out. Yeah, you know, he just seems like, you know, the moment's not too big for him. He's very calm up there at the plate, you know, kind of looking for his pitch. He fell into a two-strike count, and, you know, he's fouling balls off. He's not, you know, getting a little over-aggressive and swinging at pitches, you know, outside of the zone. He's still kind of sticking to his approach and I mean that was big he, he it was a grounder but it was like 100 miles per hour you know hit off the glove and um, just perfectly executed there and, and that's kind of the sign of things when things are going well for you like the A's obviously that winning streak that they're on sometimes things fall your way that ball you know maybe if you're not on a winning streak that ball doesn't bounce off the third baseman's glove so a little bit of luck involved at times but they're they're doing the right things to put themselves in positions to win these games. Martin we talk about these things balancing out because yes the team played poorly those first uh 52 games you know or, or 62 games it was they were 12 and 50 but we also talked about the fact that they also didn't get a ton of breaks either right yeah. i mean it, and it's hard to complain about breaks when you're 12 and 50 because obviously the yeah. team was struggling but those things do balance out for sure for sure i mean i think you know you look at those first that first month month and a half two months it did seem like everything that that could go wrong did go wrong you mm-hmm. know it was kind of that type of feeling like oh you know this, here, here we go again right and and then that that can be contagious, you know, at times. And now you were seeing the winning be contagious thing, but um, it did. It, it did. There was a bit of bad luck into that into that stretch, no doubt about it. I mean, they've also gone out and kind of, you know, restructured the roster a little bit. The guys who were here at the beginning of the year, some of those guys are still here, but yeah. we also have some new faces, and those guys have kind of taken advantage of their opportunities. And so it's kind of a perfect mix right now, and they've kind of have found the right group of 26 players for their active roster that are kind of coming together and, and, and you know, learning how to play with each other and winning. Well, Two vets, I know for sure didn't panic. I mean, the vets didn't panic. But two guys specifically in Diaz and Jace Peterson, uh, you, you started seeing it with Diaz in the Astro series in Houston. Better swings, better at bats. Jace Peterson, you started to see it before the 5-for-5 five five in Milwaukee. Can you kind of touch on those uh, those two gentlemen and uh, and the progress they've made? Yeah, I think uh, I think they were certainly they were certainly frustrated and kind of disappointed with the start to their season because I think they felt kind of a little bit of you know pr- extra pressure to come in and, and be those veteran guys who can you know be counted on every day to, to produce and when they weren't doing that they just felt like they were kind of letting the team down a little bit more but um, you mentioned it you know they have a track record you know they have a track record of success in the major league level you you know those always old saying right as you look at the back of the baseball card. And you kind of expect those numbers at the end of the season. Yeah. I think that's kind of what's taking place right now. They were, you know, hitting under 200 for a long time. You don't expect that to happen for a whole year. That's just not who they've been. They've been productive players in other places. And so now you're starting to see them produce a little bit more. And that, you know, with Jace Peterson, that five for five night, um, you know, it was building up towards that. But I think ever since then, I think that definitely gave him a lot more confidence. And, you know, now he's been adjusting over to second base as well. He's kind of had to move over from third to second. Yeah. And now he's handled it well. Defensively, he's been really good over there as yes. well. So. Um, they're starting to, you know, that's an important thing. The lineup is, is seems to be pretty set on a daily basis now. It's no more trying to figure out where to put guys where. You have kind of a, a semblance of a lineup every day that you show up every day. You know he's going to be in the starting nine every day. Well, as far as Esteori Ruiz is concerned, you've been watching Ace Baseball a long time. But as far as exciting players, he's right. The play he made the other night on the run, the, the first game of the series, mm-hmm. Uh, and even the, the Rays players and the coaches were like, wow, this guy. I mean, to be able to track down that baseball. Uh, can you just 
kind of elaborate on his talent and what 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 uh, what's exciting about him? Yeah, I think it it really is fun when you go to a you know a new team season for the first time and they kind of you know don't know what to expect. They see him on TV, but then they see him in person. And it's like whoa, this guy's you know just dynamic, right? He's so fast, but more than that, he's learning how to play center field at a high level. I think a lot of people don't realize. You know, before he came to the A's, he hadn't played a ton of center field. He was right. a, a second baseman for a long time, yeah. and he played a little bit of center field the past couple of years, but he's still kind of developing at the major league level as a center fielder. I think it's great that he has Kotze around to, you know, kind of help him out there, a, a, you know, a great center fielder in his time in the major leagues. And um, just all around, though, he just he brings such a spark, both, you know, whether it's with the bat, you see the runners and scoring position numbers. He's one of the best runners and scoring position hitters in all of baseball. I mean, it's it's top five. And you look at you look at the other guys in front of him, those are all all-star MVP-type players who, you know, are able to perform in the clutch like he is. So he's, he's performed in that aspect. He's just brought, you know, a presence at the top of the order where, you, you feel good if he could just get on base, you know, whether it be a hit, hit by pitch. We saw him get on base with a catcher's interference the other day, which he's done a few times. Yeah, as well. yeah, exactly. All he needs to do is get on base, and he's yeah. and more times than not, you know, it feels like he's going to make something happen to put himself in scoring position. And also the little things, like I think some of the charming things, like the the, the huge swing in the helmet coming off, which yeah. is it comes yeah. off, it comes off. I, I love it. It yeah. happens all the time. Yeah. And when he thinks he's safe at second base, oh, yeah. you know, bring it, bring, yeah. bring, bring, you know, I, yeah. I, I love that about him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he brings energy. I mean, he yeah. seems like a quiet guy when you just see him, you know, in the clubhouse, but he brings energy. I saw, you know, yesterday I was watching that game, and uh, when uh, Carlos Perez hit that ball that scored Ramon Laureano, yeah. he was one of the first guys out of the dugout just pumped. He, yeah. he was excited about that. So he definitely brings energy. I've talked to a couple guys about him. You know, they say, you know, he's kind of the guy who kind of gets guys, you know, going in the club, in the dugout at times when, you know, they're down, maybe not as much energy going on, a little sluggish. He gets them going. So so he's a, he's a leader in there. You know, I know you touched on this before, but Kotze and how he's handled everything. Uh, you know, like going through the losing, he's the same guy every day in, in, yeah. uh, with, with, the, with the media. The same, granted, the media doesn't doesn't crush him and every, but but I'm saying like for 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 Mark Kotze, I think he's handling this pretty well. He's the same guy on the seven game winning streak as he was on the eleven game losing streak. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I give Kotze a lot of credit um, because you know he went through last year. That was a tough year, and obviously the start that they had this year. I mean, we see it around the league. You know, managers at some point you know could blow up on you know media or, or blow up you know on on teams. Um, you know, I'm sure he's grinding every day. I know he's grinding every day. I know he has probably his moments where he's frustrated, but he's never expressed that with us. He's always maintained that same level of professionalism. He stays calm with us, uh, and he just does a great job with us. So, I mean, I, I've enjoyed, you know, getting to cover him and know him on a daily basis over the past couple of years, and I know his players love playing for him, and then they, they play hard for him. So he's carried over that culture that was, that's been here for years, you know, that A's culture just going out and, and grinding and playing hard. He's, you know, continued to establish that even with a new group of players that maybe aren't used to that, haven't played in this organization for a long time, they quickly learn um, that you, you play for this team. You know, you got to go out there and, and play hard every day. Um, grit and grind, that's what he always says, and that, that's, they've adopted that for sure. Love that. i got to ask, got to pay off the tees. How many ghosts you see in Milwaukee? <laughs> I did not see any. I was not staying at you the You weren't Fister. staying at that hotel, right? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, it, I mean, I had that story on Brent Rooker. There was a couple other guys on the team that, that claimed to uh, have had some type of paranormal activities. I don't know if it was ghosts. But it's funny. I, 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 if I, you know, was up at 4 a.m., if I woke up at 4 a.m., I, I, it would cross my mind. Yeah. I didn't have any experiences with it, but but uh, Rooker was great about it because Rooker's like, yeah, you know, it yeah. changed the channel and everything, but it was a friendly ghost. It was a nice ghost. So, he, you know, he's like, that's yeah. okay. Did I need to change rooms or nothing? No, no Rooker, Rooker's great. I mean, he's yeah. just uh, – I've enjoyed covering him a lot this year. He's yeah. – uh, 
you know, aside from just the numbers that he's put up, how great he's been on the plate, uh, he's just a great personality. Yeah. Uh, I did a thing with him last, you know, maybe a month ago about his in and out order, and he's just talking burgers. And I mean, that was a hit on Twitter. You know, people loved it. So he just. What is his? What, what's his order? <laughs> I think uh, so. He goes double double. He goes uh, mustard in it, um, some chilies in the burger. Uh, I didn't know you could do that in yeah. now. I know you can go animal style, you can go protein style, yeah. you know. But, but I got the story pinned on my Twitter. He, he has the exact order there. Okay. I, it's something like that, and two two double doubles. I respect uh, one it. with chilies and one with not. So he I just crushes that often. Yeah. But I guess he he wasn't a fan of In and Out previously before he knew about like the whole secret menu thing. Yeah. But now now he loves In and Out. It's, it's definitely. What's your order in In and Out? I'm a classic guy, you know. I like to go double double, you know, animal style, but not nothing too crazy. You yeah. Know, the fries still regular. Okay. Uh, I think oh, Rooker goes well done fries. I guess I've well never asked fries? for that, but I, okay. think, I think that's a good way to go. All sure. right. Well, we have anything else for Martin here? No, I, I just want to know about the ghosts. <laughs> okay. Plus, I don't know. Plus, plus, I don't know. Again, since we've all been in Pittsburgh and the team hasn't oh, lost yeah. since that Monday night, so I'm saying. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Yeah. It, it's uh, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's been uh, it's pretty cool to see what this team's done on the road. When you think about. Uh, you know, and, and just winning two out of three against Kansas City and winning two out of three, I mean, here against yeah. Atlanta. I mean, they, you know, I mean, Kansas City struggled and everything, but to win two, you know, two out of three against Pittsburgh and sweeping Milwaukee. I mean, yeah. as you said, these teams are no joke. A guaranteed split against the Rays. Got to get greedy, try to make it eight in a row. Yeah, for sure. And I think looking at this stretch that they're going on, I mean, you know, we all at some point they're going to lose. It's going to happen. But I think what this is doing is kind of laying the foundation for the rest of the season, you know, when two weeks from now or, or two months from now, if they're going through a bad stretch, you could kind of look back at this stretch that they went on and, and, and they could kind of look back on it and draw on it and say, you know, hey, we remember that stretch we went on when we beat, you know, three consecutive, you know, over 500 teams with the best team in baseball. We can do that. We're capable of doing that. So I think this is does, you know, great things for them in terms of just confidence going forward the rest of the season they can draw back on this experience and know that they've done it before. They're capable of, of winning at the highest level against some of the best teams in baseball. And, you know, I always think, you know, when I, I think of a guy like J.J. Blade, I always I always think he's about to get going. You know what I yeah. mean? I see some swings. I see some at-bats. And I I'm, I don't know. I'm a, I, I just think he's got a he's got a stretch in him he's got a run in him he's gonna he's gonna go on a on a on a tear here pretty soon i just have that feeling about him yeah you know he came up really hot and then obviously you know pitchers might have adjusted to him a little bit more but i think one constant with him is first he plays pretty good defense yeah. you know in both corner spots and he always works a pretty professional at bat yes he's drawn walks still the hits aren't coming as, as often as they were early on when he first came up but he's, he's drawn good walks He's making pitchers throw pitches. So it's not like he's just going up there and there's an automatic out. He's still making guys work. And I think that's why, you know, the A's continue to kind of put him out there on a regular basis. That, you know, at some point maybe he could get the hits going. They expect that from him at some point. He's shown it, you know, throughout his amateur career and his pro career in the minors. So they're, they, they're still banking on that. But at the very least right now, he's still putting together enough, you know, good things both at the plate and on defense that keep him in there on a pretty consistent basis. You know, with the Kevin Smith-Nick Allen switch, and they've swapped a few times going AAA to the big leagues, uh, Allen's obviously his defense, uh, tremendous, uh, strong with the bat at times. What do you see from Kevin Smith right now and his his, uh, his his other his next shot here? Yeah, I mean, this is a great opportunity for him. Um, we saw him hit that home run in Milwaukee, and I think I know that felt good for him, you know, because he came up and, you know, it was – wasn't you know hitting that great um and and early on the season he was hot at triple a came up and you know the numbers weren't really translating for him so i think he's still he's still kind of in that same mix same you know kind of mold of, of a nick allen trying to establish himself at the, at the highest level um he's going through his ups and downs but 
Um, this is a really good opportunity. He's playing almost every day. He's not in there today, but um, he's going to get regular at-bats here as well. Defensively, he's, he's always been really good at, with the glove, whether it's at third base. We saw a lot of him last year at third base or at shortstop. He's, he's pretty sound with the glove, so that's never really an issue. It's just about getting the at-bats and kind of going through those struggles and seeing if you could come out, on, out of it you know, better for it. Before we let you go, uh, and thanks for taking the time, uh, just talk about the Rays in general, this team, how good they are. Uh, the yeah. start they got off to, I mean, the 13-0, and they're 31-7 and at home. But your impressions of, of, of this club from afar and then what you've seen? Yeah, I mean, they're, I mean, they always find a way. It seems like every year, right, no matter who they got on the team, they, they, they'll lose, you know, guys who are stars and go out to be stars elsewhere, but they find guys to fill the void. Um, and we saw them earlier this year. I, I was, you know, talking about this earlier. We, we were in Tampa, and, and they swept the A's, pretty, and they every game was a blowout pretty much, it felt like, and they were firing all cylinders then. Yeah. And you kind of got a feeling like, wow, this team is going to be really good. And all of a sudden, after since then, you know, they've still been on that same role. Yeah. They haven't they haven't lost three in a row all year, which the A's have a chance to do this year, which, yes. would, which would, or today, which would be really great. They've only lost twice, two in a row. I think like six or seven times this year. So, I mean, they're just consistent. You know, whether it's pitching, offense, defense, fundamentals, they they do everything right. And um, you know, they're kind of the model that every team in baseball wants to follow. You know, just identifying these young guys and you know bringing them up to the big leagues and and being able to kind of put together winning seasons year after year they find a way to do it you know despite you know whatever losing whatever players they have and being in a tough division like the ALE. yeah no question hey listen i'll see you in a little bit it's yeah. great great to see you thanks great for doing it thanks Just for coming like the press box Johnny. that's right Love that's it. martin gallegos from mlb.com and we'll have more after this streaming from the east bay a's cast live continues with chris townsend uh, Kevin Smith will be joining us shortly. Cody Elias, Johnny D, Ray Jensen here, Ace Cast Live. Chris Townsend back on Ace Cast Live. Friday, we're going to be at NBC Sports. Uh, we're going to have David Forrest, Mark Kotze, Eno Saris, maybe Bip Roberts. I'll see. A lot of jam-packed show. But Tony yeah. back Friday. Team's not losing with us. I mean, we might have to permanently replace Tony on this show. And team keeps winning. Although Martin did just say the team's going to lose. At some point. Yeah, well, he, he said uh, it's, no, it's, I took it as the team's going to lose. Uh, didn't say when, but I, that's, I'm just saying. He told me to put up in the you, bullpen. Oh, so you think they're going to run the table? If they did, that's one hell of a run. That would be. be one hell of a run. Yep. I, I got this stat shared with me from our crack staff, the, the one that I oversee. Moneyball 2.0, the 2002 A's on-base percentage during the 20-game winning streak, 367. The 2023 Oakland A's on-base percentage during their seven-game winning streak, 375. Interesting. I don't know if Jason Giambi's walking through those doors. I'm oh, sorry, wrong, wrong team. Don't know if Miguel Tejada winning the MVP is walking through those doors, but it's pretty good. Yeah. And you're doing it against three, three first, well, the Pirates were in first and the Brewers were too. And now the first place and best team in baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays. Right, right. Hey, man, it's, uh, look, enjoy, enjoy the run that uh, they have going on right now, right? Stay in our present moment and just try to win. Try to win with Medina tonight and try to try to find a way to get to class now and try to get to that bullpen and just find a way to win your eighth straight. That's that, right? And that's all you can do. That's really all you can do. It's 162-game season. It's a season of peaks and valleys. And right now the A's are are in a peak. We'll see if they, they have other peaks throughout this year because right. we always cringe when we say it's early, but there's still plenty of time for more win streaks to accrue if this one happens to end. Absolutely. I don't think it's early anymore. We're now how many games in 69 games in, right? And so I don't know if it's I early I hate anymore. it's early say it's early, uh, but there's yeah. still time we're in left July, over. Or July. We're in June. You know, the All-Star breaks a month away. Trade deadline like a month and a half away. Yes, that's right. It's coming, it's coming up quickly. 
Uh, before we get to Kevin Smith, I got a couple major league storylines to go over with you guys. I know this is one you'll you'll want to talk about. Luis arrives in the pursuit of 400. Uh, unfortunately, he's dropped he dropped his batting average just a smidge, 382. He's 0 for 12 in his last 12 at bats, but hitting 382. The last player at 400 in the season was Ted Williams. Obviously. I don't think you were around just yet. Ken nope. Korak was. Ken could talk all about Ted, how great Ted Williams was. That's a joke. That's a joke. That's a yeah, joke. 1941. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 okay. It took me a little bit. The last player to come close was jo- uh, Tony Gwynn in, in the uh, 94 strike shortened season. Yeah. And George Brett hit 390 in right. 1980. Yep. Chipper Jones hit 364 back in ni- uh, 2008. So Luis Arise 382. Do you think he's going to come close to hitting 400 this year? I don't know if he'll come close, but I think he could finish at 370. You know, I mean, he's just such a such a pure hitter, and this this is a really rare skid for him. You know, to go over 12. This is you just don't see it very often. But so he's going to get on a on a tear where he gets his six straight multi-hit games. It's going to happen. So maybe get back up to 385, 387, 390. But I don't, I don't think he's going to hit 400. But he could end up with a 370, 375 average. Right? And even then, he'd still be by far the favorite for the batting yeah, title. Sure. So we, we act like he's slumping to like below 250 or something. Right. But he is still one of the best hitters in all of baseball. He, he would is. be he would be the second player ever to win the batting title in both leagues. Who did it first? Willie McGee. That would be great. DJ LeMayhew. Oh, nice. Okay. Did it with the Rockies, Rockies and the Yankees, and the Yankees in 2020. Yep. So yep. arise right now. The Marlins are playing well, but he's not – I mean – He's his last. It's not like he's hitless in his last forty-eight at bats or something. He's still doing pretty well. But the one thing about him that's crazy—he has—he's one of two active players with more walks and strikeouts in his career. The other guy is one side of walks. Active players. Arias does not have more walks and strikeouts in his career. That's not true. I thought I'm pretty sure it was. I looked it up. Mm-hmm. Let's look it up. Let's get the crack <laughs> stat. Let's get the leader yeah. of the crack yeah. staff on this. <laughs> look it up. Oh, we got Crony here. We got Crony. Okay. Commander's Great. on a mission. He's got to figure yeah, out. No, I got to prove that I'm right yeah. about Luis Arise. My research is never wrong. <laughs> You're talking about lifetime, right? Talk about lifetime. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No. Look it up. Uh, Luis Arise in his career. Yeah. 156 walks, 145 strikeouts. I think I. I you owe me the apology. I owe you an apology. That's <laughs> how's, that, how's that Cardinals prediction working out? They lost again today. He just when he sees you, just he he's got to twist it. Yeah, he's got to twist it a little. I got to dig it in. Yep, you do. Chris Crone. Assistant hitting coach with the uh, with the Oakland A's with us, Crony. Great to see you. Always good to see you, Johnny. Yeah. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, of course. Now, this has been a fun a fun run. But as you said, look, with Kotze, he's the same guy. You're the same guy. Ever's the same guy. You guys, we 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 thought this was coming because guys were trusting the process, right? Without a doubt. I mean, and that's the toughest thing to sell uh, when the success doesn't show up on yeah. a daily basis. And you got to attribute it to the players. I mean, we, we you know, I'm not saying coaching is easy, but it's when you say the same things over and over, like the right things over and over again, you know that it's it's uh, it's it's right, and you just want to keep saying those things. Like, yeah. We struggled a little bit last year with certain things, and Tommy and I are always on the same page, and, you know, let's just stick with the program. Stick with what we know, what we know is right, and, yeah. and hopefully as the process goes, things will um, give us some success. And, this is another one of those great examples of, you know, just stick with the program, stick with the process, and as time goes on and some confidence gets instilled in these players, which, you know, it takes one win. It takes one positive at bat, and or maybe just one one pitch. That, hey, I felt that. Hey, let's go. Let's get that. Let's keep working this way. That's an easy, easier sell. You know, just to uh, expand, expand on that a little bit, you know, you have guys that are in slumps right now. I mean, I talked about the fact that, 
There was a four for 30 skid for uh, Esteori Ruiz, and he got through it. And he's in a little bit of a skid right now. When you talk to guys about trying to bust out of it, how do you allow how do you allow them to help themselves trust the process in that situation? Ruiz is an easy example, yeah. and because his process has never changed from day one, I saw him in spring training. He does the same drills through thick and thin, through the good times and the bad times, uh, which we want to continue to sell. Like when you think Miguel Cabrera, you see Miguel Cabrera on TV like joking around, is up there hitting. Well, he knows exactly what he's doing every single time. Right. That's what we want our players to do. Even when you're, when you're scuffling, don't change everything. It's not that. It's probably just one thing, which is probably just the strike zone. You're probably swinging at some poor pitches. Get back, into your, get back to the strike zone and see what happens. Seth Brown's a great example of that. You know, he's a tinker. He always wants to tinker with stuff, which is great. But he also, when he when he controls the strike zone, he goes in this direction. He yeah. goes up. And he's doing that very, very well right now. You know, you talk about simplifying the process, but it's difficult as a hitter, right? Because you're hearing it from all angles and you're in your own head and you're up there and you're trying to face 92 with movement, 94 with movement. So it's difficult for them to simplify things, but that's the key to simplify it, right? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, and, 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 and almost, I'm not saying eliminate us as coaches, but when, we don't, when the player figures it out, I'm not saying coaching is done because we're always going to continue to give advice to, to help the process, but they know that this is right. That's the heart. That's the first thing you know. Like yeah. I'm 59 years old and I'm the best hitter I've ever been in my life right now. Yeah. I can't go do it anymore. Yeah. I cannot apply my information, but my brain is is locked in to how I would approach this this at bat. Approach uh, approaching the at bat, getting the right pitch to hit is is what it's all about. You know, one thing I know you're not asked much is. You and Tommy working together. I yeah. see you guys talking ball all the time together. It's like a marriage. You guys are yeah. are with each other all the time. Can you talk about that relationship and that give and take and how that works? It's off the charts. I mean, I, I know I'm almost as as dad's age probably, um, um, and I'm 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 not saying I'm his mentor, but I have the ability to to give him my years of experience. Yes. And and to you know keep him under con, you know keep him under control because Tommy's Tommy's got a lot of energy and he's got a lot of uh, things that he you know wants to get out. But I would say hey, let's just stay with this. And I'm I'm not saying I'm I'm he because he we teach each other a whole bunch yeah, of things. Yeah. But we are the best couple on this team, <laughs> and um, and we say that to each other all the time. We drive to and from work together all the time. We're sitting next to each other on the on the flights. We're obviously with each other in the clubhouse in the cage all the time. And we're just feeding off each other and what, how we can get this a little bit better, how we can get that player to buy into this, this, this approach or whatever it is. And it couldn't be a better marriage. That's amazing. And you, so you guys basically talk about each player and how you can help with your process and his process help the player's process, right? Without, without a doubt. I mean, and it's just that simple. I mean, Tommy and I, even though we have an age gap, I've learned all this stuff over my time. Tommy's 20 years younger than me, and he's already got the information. That's what makes me impressed with Tommy, that he's – it takes a long time to figure this stuff out, even as a coach, but he, he's obviously got it. And it's not like he's not – all I have to do is kind of rein him in. Let, yeah, let's yeah. not go there. Let's not, yeah. You know, sometimes I'll say, no, that's not, that's not that big a deal. Right. Let's just stick with this right here. And he goes, yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I, I just want to do more. And I, we all want to do more. Yeah. We're, all, we're all just like we have a player's mentality of wanting to do more, when in reality it's less is, is more. Is more. All right. Yeah. Hey, 
Thanks, man. My always, pleasure. Always Anytime, great to catch man. Up. I appreciate yeah. you. Chris Crone, our guest. We'll have Kevin Smith. We come back right after this. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. All right, well, Kevin Smith with us. Schmitty, great to see you. And, uh, you know, I want to talk about, first of all, you know, with, I think sometimes fans don't understand it. It's, it's a hard process. You're in the big leagues and you go down and you have to work on things. And, look, it's difficult when you've been in the big leagues and you go back down to try to get back up to the big leagues. But it, it, you talk about your process a little bit and how you're kind of manage your emotional state when you do go down to come back up yeah I mean I think you know there's two ways you can look at it you can kind of go down and sulk about it and and say I should be here or there or you can just go down and keep you know doing your job and and getting better and and staying in your process so I try to just treat everything the same whether I'm in the big leagues whether when I'm down there waiting to come back up Um, you know knowing the type of player that you want to be and knowing you know the adjustments you have to make to get there um, and just keeping that, that routine and, and that daily process of, of trying to get closer to that player that you want to be instead of worrying about, you know, everything else. That's you can. I feel like, and I feel like you're having good at-bats. I think you're seeing the ball well right mm-hmm. now. Am I right on that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, feeling more comfortable. And, you know, it just takes a few a few pitches that you're looking for to, to get some, you know, barrels and, and get it rolling. So, um, you know, everyone's having good at-bats right now, I feel like. You know, as a team, you know, I feel like we're coming through where earlier in the season, you know, we had some chance to blow some games up and we, we couldn't do it. And, and now it's kind of the other way around where guys are taking their opportunities and taking chances and taking risks and uh, it's paying off for them. Schmitty, I, I ask certain people, I ask a lot of guys, like, has the clubhouse vibe changed? They're like, no, it's the same clubhouse. Yeah. It's the same exact vibe in the clubhouse as it was when you guys were mm-hmm. struggling. There was an 11-game losing streak May 17th to May 28th. And they said it's the exact same clubhouse. We knew at some point this team was going to bust out. We knew there was talent in that room, and we mm-hmm. believed in each other. Can mm-hmm. you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think we've been saying it, you know, from day one in spring training. Like we have a lot of talented young players, and we have a lot of guys that have had success, you know, already in the big leagues that can come here and, and teach us a lot. So, yeah. um, you know, just combining that, obviously, you know, getting off to a slow start. I think, you know, we play one of the hardest schedules in baseball for the first two months or whatever yeah. it was. So, you know, a couple of that, we're just getting to know each other, having a lot of young guys. And like I said, I think we are in a lot of games that we that we should have won or could have won. You know, you can look back and say, you know, ifs and, and whatever. But um, like I said, I think it just takes a few guys. You know, obviously Rooker's been huge with us. You know, Ruiz has been huge with running scoring position. Just having a few of those guys come through and to win a game and realize that, you know, everything's not going to always not go our way. We're going to get yep. a few times where we have some stuff go our way, and that's the difference in ball games. So, um, I think it just relaxes everybody when some of those start going through and, and guys start having their moments and, and shining, you know, knowing that they can do it and the confidence goes up. And then all of a sudden you, you start winning some games, you start feeling better. Now, I know I talk about the clubhouse, but the dugout, you know, I think there are times when the team's losing where you have those immortal forwards. Here we go again mm-hmm. when things go wrong. Right. That can happen the other way, too. Right. right. When, like, we're going to find a way, guys. We're going to find a way to win this game. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I said that um, in Pittsburgh when I came up and we won 11 to 2 on the first day. And, you know, there's a lot of situations there where maybe early in the year, you know, we ground to a double play or, you know, we hit a laser at somebody and yeah. we get doubled off. Um, just having those little things that click all of a sudden in the dugout, you know, when guys get in scoring position, it's not like, man, we better score this guy. It's like everyone's, you know, 
run into the bat rack because they want to get the RBI and they want to be the guy, you know. So just that little change in mentality, I feel like you can feel it too. When you play teams that are hot, it feels like everyone's rushing up there to the plate or to the mound to, to do something big for the team. And when it's going the other way, you know, everyone's like, you know, putting some extra pressure on themselves. Like, yeah. right, I got to come through here because we might not get this opportunity again. So, you know, just that slight little, you know, mindset change of, of seeing guys excited to go up to the plate and excited to get it done. Like Shea the other day when he went up with the bases loaded, um, you know, that, that can change the game. And I feel like you can feel that in the ballpark. Yeah, you know, and I'll tell you that with this club and what I, I'm, I'm excited about is the fact that, and I said it earlier, it's not like you're winning all games 10 to 4. You're mm-hmm. winning games 2 to 1, 2 to 1, 4 to 3, 5 to 2. These are close games. These are tight games. So the pitching is finding a way. Yeah, no, I mean, they've been doing a great job. I mean, you know, just recently, you know, Ken coming in and shutting the door with three innings. I mean, just, just stuff By the way, like how that. How big was that? How big was Waldachuk? Because everybody on that, in that clubhouse rooting for Waldachuk. Yeah. How big was that for him? And That and was huge. That yeah. was huge. I mean, you know, you see that he wants to do that. Obviously, going from start of the pen is not easy, especially in season. So. Um, to see him make that adjustment come out. He's throwing 96 now, which is awesome. Um, you know, blowing guys' doors off and, and throwing great sliders. Um, and just for our bullpen in general, to have a guy like that come out and, and throw three really important innings against a great team, um, to extend the win streak, and also to sh- save some pen guys so that, you know, games like yesterday and today and the next day, um, you have those guys rested in the pen. You know, that stuff's huge where, you know, like I said, when you're when you're going through it, you sometimes feel like everyone's on short rest. Everybody, you know, just pitched yesterday and no one's, you know, no one's ready to come in. No one's healthy. So just those little those little tweaks, him going three innings now gives our pen a little rest um, and, and in good shape going in the next few games is huge. Smitty, the classic moment, and uh, I know it's caught on TV, that when you hit that bomb and then all of a sudden with, with the – with the yeah, hammer, right, yeah. and it came off, and Langelier's reaction was classic. Was I don't great. know if you saw it after, no, but it was you, great. that was a great, great moment in the, in the dugout, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, no, that was awesome. Um, you know, the, the last time that I had it, I didn't really hit anything. I didn't swing it, so I was kind of, you know, getting some stuff from my teammates. So that it was just hilarious. The first time I do it, it breaks, and everyone, of was, everyone was laughing. But just little stuff like that, like I said, man, it just all adds up, and, and getting guys laughing and having, you know, little moments like that in the dugout. Um, they go a long way, and you can kind of see guys play a little freer and, and with a little more emotion and uh, excited to win. It's a good vibe, man. And, of mm-hmm. course, Jace, I mean, you know, look, Jace, one of the leaders of this club, and he had that game in Milwaukee. And, and Unreal. But he was mm-hmm. he was, he was was starting to I was settling on the air. He started the roll before that. You could see his yeah. swings before that. You could yeah. tell it was coming, right? Yeah, when he's when he's barreling balls and he's taking his walks, that's the big thing that he always talked to me about. Like, when I'm taking my walks and I'm having good at-bats and I'm barreling balls, I know it's, it's coming sooner than later, yes. you know, so – um, and you can feel as a hitter, man, sometimes, you know, two, it takes two or three weeks before your numbers start to reflect how you feel. You know, you, if you're going through a path like that and you start lying out a couple times and a couple times you just miss your pitch, you know, your, your numbers might not show that you're feeling better. But like you said, you're at bats, your swings, the pitches that you stop on, the pitches you take, um, they all start rolling in the right direction. And, and with Jace, you know, the last few weeks, you can kind of tell that he was getting into that mode and then obviously breaking out with that five game or the five hit game and rolling it into, into Milwaukee and then obviously back home. Um, he's been a huge part of this. Well, you're a huge part of it, and I'll tell you, one thing that's never wavered is your confidence. I, I mm-hmm. noticed that with you defensively and offensively. You, you have a lot of confidence, and just keep it rolling. As, again, cliche, trust the process, and I know it's going to get rolling. Thanks so much yeah, for the appreciate visit. appreciate it. Appreciate Thanks it. You bet. Me. Yep. That's Kevin Smith, our guest. We'll have more after this. A's Cast Live continues from Ricky Henderson Field. Here's Chris Townsend. It's Johnny. Duck. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution. 
that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Costco with uh, with <laughs> with Vince Catronio. I can never be Towny. Vinny, uh, well, um, it's been fun. It's been fun. This seven-game uh, seven-game winning streak. From your perspective, uh, just give us your insight on it. Well, they've won games in so many different ways, which I enjoy. I mean, they've come back in three games. Uh, the one game against Pittsburgh, where they scored a in multiple innings, they won eleven to two and held. Pittsburgh to 0 for 13 with runners in score position. That was a, a great game. Uh, we were asked last night uh, in the pregame show on television with Brody, he goes, what's your favorite part about the streak? And at that point, it was at 6. And I said, the next one, you know, get it to 7. So uh, that would apply tonight as well. And it's the, the challenge of who the A's have done this against, teams that have been in first place when they face them with the Pirates and the Brewers, and especially with the best team in baseball with Tampa Bay, just really doing a, an excellent job of pitching against a team that does not chase you really have to attack the zone effectively, you know, through all different parts of of the strike zone. And the A's have done that. And that's watching Hogan Harris give you seven strong innings last night was just outstanding. It was fun to watch. Uh, so many con- you know, con- contributions from so many different players. It's just been, it really has been a team effort. We both know, Johnny, we're around the club every day. And watching this club try to come together with what they were dealing with, especially the first six, seven weeks of the season, and still – trying to bond and find their way and now we're starting to see the fruits of that and you know there's a lot of baseball left I know they dug an enormous hole but you forget about that let's enjoy what they're doing now moving forward and make the most of that exactly right enjoy the stretch enjoy enjoy the run they're on as Kotze said they're not going to at some point it's going to end but just remember all these successes especially against a really good club like Tampa Bay right well that's the thing I mean they are they are clearly the best team in baseball for all the right reasons they pitch they catch the ball. They have tremendous offense. They hit the ball out of the ballpark. Uh, they are very athletic. They run the bases. More than one guy can can have, can Im- impact the game with their legs. And they're just a, an entertaining team to watch and a really tough team to play. But as the A's go to Tampa Bay, and they went there at a time where they just didn't know what was going on. And as Mark said earlier this week, that was an embarrassing series. And you give up back-to-back games, you lose 11 nothing, And then you, you, know, you end up giving up 36 runs in that series. It was embarrassing, but it's also Tropicana Field is its own home field advantage. By the time you leave Tropicana Field, you feel comfortable. But those first three and a half games, you're trying to figure out, you know, the the, the roof and the rafters and the, their kind of astroturf and just the whole 
mechanics of playing indoors there. And I think the Coliseum presents that same challenge for teams like Tampa Bay. There's so much more foul territory here. You know, it's colder at night. You hit the ball, doesn't go, doesn't travel as far. That's a hitter's ballpark at the Trop. It's not a hitter's ballpark here, especially at night. So I think having that advantage also. But the A's are just at this time in their season where so many things are clicking and watching it all come together has really been a joy. Well, I'll tell you, it's been a joy to watch uh, is Medina. We'll talk about Medina because you and I saw the numbers coming in. We saw him go through the Yankee system, struggle with that command. He struggled with his command going through the A system a little bit as well. Uh, he has come to the big leagues, and he feels uh, – I saw it in his eyes, and you and I talked about the fact that when he went – after that game against the Angels when he was interviewed, he, he said uh, he wasn't satisfied just to be there. He said, I can succeed at this level. I know I can. He's got a, he's got a swagger. He's got a confidence to him. What do you, what do you see from him? Yeah, I spoke with him about about those kind of issues and the other things, too, just trying to get to know the player. And I asked Luis when the A's were, uh, they had just left Miami, and he's from the Dominican Republic, and I said, did you have any family in Miami? He said, no, I'm, I'm focusing on this right now. This is what's important to me and my wife and my young daughter is for me to have success of her. That's what, we're, that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, there will be time to spend with the family, but right now I'm focusing on this. And what he did two starts ago when he gave up six runs and two innings and he looked like the guy that you said, well, he, he sprays the ball, he doesn't have command, there are big issues. And then he comes in his next game, gives up two runs in that first inning following the opener, and then four no-hit innings after that. Yeah. Only a couple of walks. And was dominant. A lot of early contact, a lot of early outs, a lot of ground ball outs. So there was, there was some growth there. And that's what we're looking for this year, right? When you have guys that, you know, you didn't know anything about Ruiz or Noda, you know, certainly with Hogan Harris and Medina and so many other players that are making their debuts on the major league level, it just takes time for them to get their foundation. And even through the through the entirety of 2023, we're not going to have all the answers, but right. you're going to have more answers. Yeah. And you're there's there's nothing like experience. You know, we can talk about what the expectations are, and the player can look at all the video he wants and try to get a sense of what he has to do. But until he stands in the box, until he's on the mound in a big league game and doing this time and time again, having those repetitions and, and just kind of navigating through those different situations, whether it's on the mound, on the bases, in the batter's box, until you experience that and get a chance to learn from it yourself with your own eyes and your own feet, that's when things start to can, can accelerate. I think we're starting to see that with these players. Long way to go for them just in terms of experience. But having those opportunities and getting a chance to live through them is only making this club better. You got to know Ledmus Diaz really well in, in spring training, and he uh, he got off to a slow start, and he he's he found himself. He, he said, I, I trust myself. I know. I know. I know I've been in this game a long time. For if There was a month in, with the Astros. He was the best player in baseball. He had a great, and he, he learned so much about himself, but he's tried to instill that to the younger players. Don't panic. Trust the process. We talk about that, but what are your impressions of, of Diaz as a, as a veteran leader? Well, the guys that he was around before, and at Houston, he was a guy that, you know, he batted cleanup a lot for them, and not because he's a cleanup hitter, but as he explained to me, Dusty did not want to upset the lineup. So typically a Bregman, who we usually followed, played third base from giving the off day, and Bregman was the four hitter. I'm going to bat fourth. So he's surrounded by Alvarez. He's surrounded by Altuve. He's surrounded by Tucker. And he was, you know, a complimentary player, maybe a little more than a complimentary player, but he was not the everyday guy, and he fit in there. He, he comes here, and it's a much different circumstance and much different expectations that he has to kind of navigate. He's kind of figure out, and the A's have to figure out. Putting him out there every day probably was, I don't think, 
works best in the, in the regard of playing him every day at one position. But he has versatility. He can yeah. play all the infield positions. He's even, he's even played the outfield for the Astros. Yeah. And, and seeing him you know, step in and step out, and when the A's were pretty close to their darkest times, I'm talking like in the second week of May, when yeah. nothing was really going right. Yeah. And I purposely went to Aledemus and like, okay, give me, give me like a state of the union. Give me your, your impression of what's happening. And he was smiling. He said, I think this is getting better. We are bonding. These guys believe in this clubhouse. We are, we are becoming a unit. I'm encouraged about what's going to happen, you know, down the road. And, you know, he, he's been somewhat of a prophet in that regard. Team, even when they didn't start this winning streak, they were playing more competitive games. And they won the series against Atlanta. And they, they weren't getting blown out like they were against Tampa Bay in April. Right. What happened with the Mets yeah. series and things of that nature. That's hopefully something that is behind them. Now, you will have games, whether you're the, the Oakland Athletics or the Tampa Bay Rays or the Yankees, or you will have games where you're just blown out. Yeah. But it was happening so often and so frequently, giving up so many walks, striking out a lot, just not playing the right baseball, making mistakes on the field. Those things are, are you know, that tide is turned and is heading in the right direction. And it's a lot of credit to Mark and the staff of staying on message as best they can with, what their expectations are of these guys. As Mark has often said, you are here to win Major League Games. We're, this, yeah. is not, this is not AAA. This is yeah. not the developmental league. Right. I mean, they're doing some teaching and developing certainly at this level, but ultimately you, the expectation is you go out there that day to win that game. Yes. And he's, he's driven that message time and time again. And seeing that, it's not a, like I told you so, but listening to the message and then watching – the results of that message come to life. That only strengthens the message. It strengthens the team. and just strengthens that bond with everybody. They are, they are really becoming a unit together. I love it. Now, look, I'm going to get a little personal here. Oh I don't, and I don't, I don't, I'm not going to make you cry. <laughs> but, That's but, always the worst thing you want to hear. Yeah, but, uh, but I know it was, it was, uh, it was just a great moment for you in, in Milwaukee to, to get that time with your son and he's covering the Brewers and you guys, are so close, and, and you, you raised him with the game, and now he's just an encyclopedia. The guy knows so much. and, and So just can you talk about just getting the opportunity to go on his show and, and have that time with him, his father's son, um, and just enjoying that moment? Well, his mom was there too, so, yeah, yeah. and my wife, Veronica. Yeah. And she came to the first game on Friday, and I, I said this quite a bit over the weekend. First and foremost, as the dad, you know, as a parent, in whatever situation your kids are in, when you go in their environment and you hear the people around him or her say positive things about your child, we really like, in this case, we really like Dominic. We love his energy, love his smile. He works so hard. He's so good, really talented. He's been such a nice guy. Those are the things that are most important to Veronica and I. So that, that warmed our hearts to begin with. And Milwaukee is such a welcoming city. And it really, while he's not ultimately doing what he wants to do, and he will have that time when that time comes, but doing what he does, he, he is whatever he's been given, he's made the most of that circumstance. And when I went on the show on Sunday, I did not know he was going to do this. Uh, how well does my dad know his son quiz? And that's what he pulled on me. And so when did you first, do you remember the, the, you know, the last time you beat me in golf? Yeah, you were 12. He goes, no, dad, it was 11. I go, I think it was 12. And then, you know, what was my, what's my favorite movie? And I, I, and I tried too hard. I, I remember him really loving this movie, Holes. Years and years ago, about the kids that you know and that kind of kind of find their way. He goes, "You're trying too hard. You're trying too hard." It was Sandlot. I said, "Yeah, I should have known that." You know, he he dressed as Benny the Jet for Halloween one time, and, and so on and so forth. And, and then he asked, uh, like, what, "What's my favorite book?" And I said, "The Great Gatsby." 
And he goes, same error, you're, you're close. And it was catcher on the right. And so I got that on the second try. Then he asked me, who, who, who do I remember as his favorite player with the Astros, with the Rangers, and here with the Athletics uh, and our time with those teams? I got it wrong. So he said, Houston, I said, Gonzo. And he goes, God, yeah, you know, that makes sense. But I went, because for me, it was Biggio. And then he knows, he knows Kevin. He, they were together on the Cape, you know, 100 years ago. So, okay. And then what about Texas? And I said, I, th- I thought I nailed this. I said, Rusty Greer. Rusty was your favorite. Rusty gave you an autograph. Batty, you spent time with Rusty. And he goes, no, Gary Matthews Jr. Now, Gary Matthews Jr. was with him basically as just as we were leaving the Rangers. I didn't have a whole lot of time with, with GMJ. Yeah. But he remembers the great catch, which was after my time. But he – he, he got close to Gary, and I told Gary those stories, and Gary gave me a bad autograph to him. And then we got to Oakland, and Oakland I nailed. That one I knew. Mark Ellis. That was an easy one. Right. Yeah. Dominic wore 14 as a kid. Mark wore 14, second baseman. Mark is, you know, is, you know, a wonderful human being and spent a lot of yep. time with him. So yep. it was just it, it was a, it just fun. I mean, you're, I'm, I'm humbled that he's, he's chosen this profession. I told him a long time ago it's the worst profession to get into. It's a very subjective industry. But if you can get in it, uh, it, is, it is beyond rewarding. We have a great time. We're lucky to do it. what we do, Johnny. You know this. I mean, you grinded for years and years and finally getting this deserved opportunity on a regular basis to be with the big league team. So when you when you reach that pinnacle and you get a chance to have those kinds of moments like you had a chance to experience experience last night, it means a lot. I mean, it's it, you, you feel like you're part of it. And Dominic is certainly a part of it in Milwaukee. He does a great job with, with his research with TBS, with Brian Anderson on their national games. He He's... He's earned the respect of Bob Costas from from post game from post seasons on TBS, and that that says a lot to a parent that that my son is put in these situations, and he's not intimidated, and he works hard, and and he's earned he's earned those accolades. And you want to hear as a parent, it's one thing to say, "Oh, your son's good at his job," but it's better to hear he's a good person, right? right. That makes you feel even better, right? right. All, all those years as he was working, doing high school games, doing ASU games, doing doing. Uh, you know, minor league games, and I would listen to his stuff, but I always told friends, friends of the business, like, could you please listen to Dominic's stuff and give him a, an opinion that's not his dad's? Yeah. Because, you know, you're, I'm biased, obviously. Right. I, I, I believe he's talented, but I'm also even more biased because I'm his dad. Right. And other people have said good things about his work, and I know he works hard at what he does, and that that's so, I mean, it's rewarding. We had a ball doing the spring training games together. Uh, they were Those games were those first few were really emotional for me. Uh, just remember him going to the garage and taking chairs and taking the table and taking the extension cord, put it in the trunk to drive to a high school game to set up using a hotspot on our cell phone to get the game on the computer with these, you know, this thing called Spreaker, which I knew nothing about, which which allowed you to live stream, you know, in real time, you know, doing high school baseball games. So uh, a lot of great memories, and it was a blast catching up with him and. Mom had a good time, too, and, you know, I'll see him again yeah. at some point. I also want to say he's just as proud of his two daughters. Oh, he talks about his daughters all the time, so I know that, like, that's uh, they're near and dear to your heart as well. Hey, you know? I told Olivia yesterday, Olivia's expecting her first grandchild in October, which is, you know, a whole nother set of <laughs> emotions. But her and her husband, she got a job opportunity. They left Arizona, and they moved to Virginia, where her husband is from, but it was, it was a job opportunity for Olivia. And I even told her yesterday, I said, you know, it's, it's okay. You, you don't mind that I am sad and proud of you at the same time. I'm sad that you left. I'm sad that I won't see my grandchild as often as I want to. But I'm proud of you because you saw an opportunity for a job that you wanted that you were 
qualified for, and you and you got it. So, and with Sophia, he's she's more talented than, than she even knows. And I know you got a chance to meet Jonas Rivera last night from Pixar. And my daughter's an artist, and she does a lot of drawings, and she's really big into the you know into the um, you know uh, anime stuff and whatnot. And, and Jonas and all the folks at Pixar were just as encouraging as they could be for it. And I just wish there was a way that she could see that and take that next step because I think she would have a lot of fun doing that, and I think she will at some point. But, yeah, you're, 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 you're proud of all you because I, I, I joke with them. I have my favorite son, and I have my favorite <laughs> oldest daughter, and my favorite youngest daughter. Yeah, there you go. It's a great way to have a family. Love it. Thanks, man. All right. I really appreciate it. I'll see, right, see you in a little bit. See you upstairs. All right. You bet. That's the great Vince Catronio. We'll have more after this. Hey, those guys are good. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. One final time, no Chris Townsend back on Friday. Cody Elias, Johnny D, Ray Jensen here for about seven more minutes. Before we get to some audio from something that happened on this date back in 1987, we got some ALS injury news that we need to go over real quick. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, Johnny, the ever the optimist, the A's are now 20 games behind out of the wild card, which, you know, it's doable. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's doable. Well, the Houston Astros have now lost Lance McCullers Jr. for the rest of the wow. season after undergoing surgery Tuesday on his injured right forearm. They announced he had surgery to pair the flexor tendon in his pitching arm and to remove a bone spur. So wow. now McCullers, who didn't pitch at all this year, is going to be out. And he had to, apparently he had this injury going back all the way to 2021 in the in the American League uh, Division Series, so he's out. And or Jordan Alvarez is expected to be out for at least four weeks with an oblique injury. So the Astros, who are who already were missing Altuve to start the year, and he's back now. They don't have Brantley, they don't have Urquidy, they don't have Alvarez, and they don't and they won't have McCullers all year. Verlander gone. I mean, Hunter Brown's been really good for them, but. Blow after blow for the uh, defending champion Astros. That Jordan Alvarez one, that is that is a big one right there. That guy is so good, and and against left-handed pitching too, he's just he's amazing. I, that 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 I think is is one of the biggest blows, right? I mean, for sure. I mean, yeah. the way he was playing, I think he was on track to be considered for American League MVP. Yeah. There's still time for that to see yeah. when he comes back, but yeah, this is definitely going to hurt the Astros a bit in the power department. And McCullers, it stinks for him because I know he's been trying to work his way back to 100% for a while. It's just another long setback for a guy that's been really shut down for them when he's been 100%. Yeah, yeah he's been he when McCullers does pitch, he's good. He's good he was good in the postseason for them back in 17 and then every year since it, but the injuries have just been piling up for him, and yep. it's, you know, I'm, none of us are Astro fans here, but, you know, it's it's kind of sad to see because the Astros are not going to be a full strength all year. And you mentioned Alvarez. He was hitting 272 with 17 home runs and 50, 55 runs driven in at 57 games. So, yeah, he could have been a guy for the MVP. Also could have been a guy we could have watched in the home run derby. Now we're not going to see either. And what, what, and what is his injury? Uh, it was a oblique injury. I'm telling but, you, those obliques are tough too because yep. you could say four weeks and it ends up being six weeks, eight weeks like that. that you know how you don't know those. I'm learning a little more about these oblique injuries now. They're they're they take a while, and well, you can't you can't rush it. Right? Well, well, Seth Brown had the oblique yep. injury. Yeah. So I mean, we we dealt with it already this year on our, on our own front yep. with, with Seth Brown. So now Jordan Alvarez only 25. 
So hopefully he'll come back and maybe he gets back on that MVP track, but it's going to be tough. Uh, you're, uh, Otani, who I said was going to be out of gas by September, <laughs> you said not, and he, he shut me up with the two home runs. But, yeah, it's going to be tough for the Astros. They're trying to they're trying to reach the postseason again, and they're, they're trailing the Rangers, who are kind of scuffling a little bit. They lost the first two against the Angels, but uh, I'm sure the Astros will power through. They'll find some guy in their system. And they'll bring or they'll trade for some guy from some other team and make them good, just like what the Rays do and the A's have done with guys like Cole Irvin and other guys. So well, I, I feel like they'll find a way. They do, and, and Brantley will be back at some. Well, point. they do, and you also have Mauricio Dubon who can fill in the outfield, infield, wherever, and he's done. He's had a, had a nice year too. So yeah, he's been really good yeah. since he came over from the Giants. I know he had the the comments towards the Giants earlier this year and the ill will, and I. I mean, I kind of get it, but, you know, he kind of backtracked on it, which is probably the best thing to do. But he's been good for them. And, yep. you know, Altuve's now back. Uh, I think Pena, I thought I saw something with Pena, but yeah, they're, they're, they're going through it. But they'll make some move to the deadline. They'll give some prospects up and, get you know, they'll bring a bat in. But I think getting Brantley and Alvarez back will really help their team. But more importantly, on this date, 1987, one of the greatest maybe episodes of the greatest show, in my opinion, the greatest, this is subjective, the greatest show yeah. of all time. Phenomenal show. This uh, this happened on the show. Let's take a listen. I hate Keith Hernandez. Hate him. I despise him. <laughs> why? I'll tell you why. No, let me tell it. No, you can't tell it. You I'll... always tell it. All right, tell it. Just tell it. <laughs> June 14th, 1987. Mets, Phillies, were enjoying a beautiful afternoon in the right field stands when a crucial Hernandez error opens the door to a five-run Phillies ninth, cost the Mets the game. Our day was ruined. There was a lot of people, you know, they're waiting by the players' parking lot. Now, we're coming down the ramp. Newman was in front of me. Hernandez was coming toward us. As he passes us, Newman turns and says, Nice game, pretty boy. <laughs> Hernandez continued past us up the ramp. Then, a second later, something happened that changed us in a very deep and profound way from that day forward. What was it? He spit on us. <laughs> and I screamed out, I'm it! <laughs> then I turned and the spit ricocheted off him and it hit me. Wow. What a story. So, yeah, that was from Seinfeld. That's, awesome. that's, that's from season that. three. Uh, the Boyfriend is the episode title, 17 and 18, episode 17 and 18 of... Seinfeld. So good. Timeless. It, Timeless. It, 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 yeah. it, and then you go through the whole thing and you find out it wasn't even Keith Hernandez who spit on Newman. It was. It was Roger McDowell. Yeah. So Keith right. Hernandez That's exonerated. Right. That's right. Becomes the hero again. Right. I'm, the, one of the best things is the whole Jerry helping him move. <laughs> and he was like, I, I don't know. Are we, on the, are, are we at that part of our relationship? Yeah. Like, I, like he asked right. me to help him move. Uh, here's something. You know what the A's could say tonight if they beat Tyler Glass now? It's, and it fits perfectly. Nice game, pretty boy. <laughs> I think that should be the uh, – that's what we should do. That's what I should queue up Ace, Ace Productions and say, you know what, after Glassdown leaves the game, after giving up some runs, play nice game, pretty boy. I don't think that's the best thing to do. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's the best thing to do. But, uh, yeah, no, he, I'll tell you what. This 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 is going to be fun. Glassdown Glass and Medina, I, I've been looking forward to this all day. This is going to be fun tonight. A lot of velocity going, yes. be going through up there. Yep. The radar guns being lit up a lot tonight. Indeed. But, that's going to do it for Ace Cast Live. I had a great time working with you guys. It was great these three days, man. Yeah, it's, Thanks, been, it's been a great time. Thank you for helping. Uh, Thanks, Chris Townsend will be back on Friday. We'll be back here at 4 o'clock on Ace Cast here on YouTube and, and Twitter. And you can obviously, everyone, for everyone listening who's not watching on, on AceCastAthletics.com slash AceCast. We'll be back on Friday with Mark Kotze, David Forst, and most likely Eno Saris. But we want to thank 
Martin Gallegos, Chris Crone, A's uh, assistant hitting coach, Kevin Smith, and Vince Catronio. Coming up, coming up in about 30 minutes, Jessica Kleinschmidt with A's Total Access brought to you by Chevron. Chevron. The great, the great Jessica Kleinschmidt. Coming the up then, yep. 640 first pitch. Johnny D. Solo today on the uh, radio. Yeah. And the Vince Catronio joins yep. the third, uh, fourth. Yep. What, what was he doing? The middle three. Inning, the middle right? three, yep. Gotcha. So yep. Johnny and Vince will come up. We've got the game at 640. Jessica Kleinschmidt coming up in about 30 minutes for Ace Total Access brought to you by Chevron. Thank you for listening and watching Ace Cast Live. And we'll talk to everybody at 4 o'clock on Friday right here on Ace. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cast Live. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me. Comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.